Hi everyone, for those who don't know me, I'm Rachel, one of the assistant pastors here at Holvin Yard. For the past couple of months, we've been exploring the Book of Acts in a series called The Awakened Church. And today I want us to look at how the Awakened Church was a transformed church. What do I mean when I use the word transformed here? The Oxford Dictionary definition is a marked change in form, nature or appearance of something or someone. The Greek word used in the New Testament for transform is where we get the word metamorphose from, which means to undergo metamorphosis, from a caterpillar to a butterfly, for example, a radical transformation. The church in Acts was full of individuals whose lives had been so transformed by Jesus that they couldn't help but transform the world around them. The outworking of this is described beautifully in Acts 4, verses 32 to 36. So if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, that would be great. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. I happened to be drawn recently to a description of our church here at Hull Vineyard given on Facebook, and it says this, our heart is simple, to encounter God, be transformed from the inside out, so that as the church, we can go out and change the world. It struck me that this is exactly what we see modeled by the early church in Acts. Now, this wonderful example of church didn't just happen by chance. In fact, the verse before the passage we have just read indicates what led to this dramatic transformation. And Josh touched on this last week. Following a powerful prayer time together, it says in Acts 4.31 that the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This brings me to my first point that transformation begins with encounter. The book of Acts is full of examples of dramatically transformed lives as people encountered Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit. We've looked in previous weeks at the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost described in Acts 2, but I'd like to focus just now at the transformation that took part in Peter. Peter had spent lots of time with Jesus as one of his disciples. His successes and failures are well documented in the gospel. He was the first disciple to realise that Jesus was the Messiah, but also the one who denied him three times. Formerly a fisherman by trade, he definitely wasn't known as a highly educated man or a great public speaker. However, when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, Peter addresses the crowd who had witnessed and experienced what had happened that day with great power, with an amazing gospel message about what Jesus had done for them. Filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
Peter had undergone a radical transformation from the fisherman called by Jesus to an accomplished preacher. We are told that as a result of this message, 3,000 people were baptised and added to their number that day. 3,000 people who encounter Jesus and whose lives are transformed and who become the church we hear described about, about earlier, transforming the world around them. For all of them, transformation began with encounter. From Peter, let's move on to another person whose life was dramatically transformed when he encountered Jesus. And this time it isn't a high profile disciple, but a man whose name we don't even get to know. I love that out of the many signs and wonders that Luke, the writer of Acts, could have chosen to document, the first specific healing he tells the story of in Acts 3 is that of a lame beggar. He would have been one of the poorest of the poor in that society, marginalised by the people around him. We don't find out his name because perhaps no one thought it worth to find out, but we do know that he would have been very familiar to everyone around him as we were told he was put outside the temple gate every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. No doubt Peter and John would have seen this man many times before on their way to pray at the temple. But on this particular day, they stop and talk to him. What's prompted this change, we might ask? We're not told for definite, but maybe it's the fact that they have been filled with the Holy Spirit who causes them to notice this lame man today through God's eyes. This man may have been a nameless beggar to those around him, but he was seen, known and loved by a God who causes Peter and John to stop this day and show him mercy. He thinks he needs money to survive, but Peter and John know that what he really needs is Jesus. As a result of their prayer, the man is completely healed. He joins them in the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. His encounter with Jesus has led to complete transformation, both inside and out. Now, there are many more stories of transformation that begin with encounter in the book of Acts alone. And the great news is that today, encounters with Jesus continue to bring transformation to people's lives. Now, the stories of transformation that we've looked at so far are in some ways sudden and dramatic. However, my second point is that although transformation can be sudden, it often takes time. Now, my main role here at Hull Vineyard, as many of you will know, is overseeing the children's and families ministries. It's something that I love and I'm passionate about. So it's been really tough not having face to face contact with our children since March. I've really missed seeing them all. However, since restrictions have eased, I have been able to see a few of our children and families from a social distance, of course. And my first comment is always, wow, haven't you grown? Now, I probably wouldn't have noticed this transformation if I'd been seeing the children week by week, because we don't tend to notice the tiny transformations that happen in people's lives day by day. But give it a few months and it's a different story. Some transformations are sudden and dramatic. Others are barely noticeable day by day, but we can be sure that they are taking place and that the changes become much more obvious over a period of time. I'm sure that from his initial encounter with Jesus, 
the lame man who was healed had many more gradual transformations to experience as the Holy Spirit worked in his life. I know that that has been true in my life. Some transformations have been sudden, but others, especially in the area of character, have taken a long time or are ongoing. Fruit takes time to grow. We aren't the finished work when we encounter Jesus for the first time and are filled with the Holy Spirit, as anyone who has been a Christian more than a week will tell you. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We saw in Nilu's talk a few weeks ago that the Apostle Paul experienced a sudden and dramatic transformation when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. However, that same Paul also said this in his letter to the Philippians, in Philippians 1 verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Paul's conversion may have been sudden, but the process of transformation of character that he's talking about here is a continual lifelong process. This brings me to my third point, that this type of transformation happens from the inside out. Over the last decade, there's been a rapid multiplication of what we've come to know as self-help books, how to change your habits, how to have more friends, how to be more productive, how to make more money, how to simplify our lives, how to be happy, how to be our best selves, to name but a few. Such books offer the hope that by following the steps and advice they give, changing outward habits and actions, our lives will be transformed. Now, I'm not saying here that there's anything wrong with any of these. In fact, many of us, including myself, have found such books helpful from time to time. But what I am saying is that there is a marked difference in the type of transformation they bring about and the transformation resulting from the work of the Holy Spirit living inside us as Christians. Transformation from self-help is us dependent, working from the outside in. It requires a lot of willpower and effort on our part. Transformation from the Holy Spirit, however, is God dependent, working from the inside out. When we choose to follow Jesus, we are offering him our lives, asking him to take control, to form us and make us more like him. We can be sure, however, that we are all being transformed, whether we're aware of it or not. We therefore need to ask ourselves the question, what or who is transforming us? I've been especially aware during the lockdown period that we live in these days in an information saturated culture. We're living in a time when knowledge and the sharing of information is at its greatest peak. There are several 24-hour non-stop news channels to choose from, which make us more aware than ever of the heartache and the crises happening in the world. Most of us have access to the internet, bringing information to our fingertips in seconds. There are numerous popular social media platforms sharing information and opinions to an ever-increasing audience, as well as enabling us to do the same. We can listen to podcasts or watch YouTube clips on almost any topic imaginable. We can read about all the latest major breakthroughs in science and listen to world-class speakers. And we can do all of this without ever leaving our homes. Again, these sources of information aren't bad. In fact, they can be very good and useful in our everyday lives. 
However, what I'm questioning is the sheer volume of information each of us can be exposed to daily. How is one person, one mind, one soul expected to handle it all? How is it shaping us? It can be overwhelming thinking about what we should or shouldn't engage in and hard to healthily process the feelings and emotion, the information we receive triggers in us. To what extent does all of this knowledge and information we have help to bring about true transformation in our lives and in the world around us? Now, although the book of Acts was written in a very different time, long before the invention of most of the sources of information we rely on today, it is clear that the transformations we see come not from information, but from revelation. This can be especially seen by looking at the life of the Apostle Paul before he encountered Jesus. Formerly known as Saul, he was a man full of knowledge, educated to the highest standards. He knew the law and the prophets, what we call the Old Testament today, inside out. He had all of the information to know God, but had totally missed the point and had determined to destroy the church, persecuting and overseeing the killing of Christians. After giving approval to and witnessing the stoning of Stephen, Acts 8 verse 8 says this of Paul, going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Paul was on the road to Damascus about to do more of the same when Jesus revealed himself to him. The answer for Paul didn't lie in more knowledge, but in a relationship with Jesus who enabled him to truly understand the scriptures he knew so well. He needed revelation in order to interpret all of the information he had acquired. Without this revelation, he'd have continued to think he was justified persecuting the Christians. One of my favourite passages in the Bible is Philippians 3, verses 4 to 9. The first part of this passage describes Paul's position before he encountered Jesus. He says this of himself. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. In the coming verses, he describes a transformation that occurred as a result of encountering Jesus. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul had learned that knowledge couldn't save him or bring about the transformation he desired, only knowing Jesus being in relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, transforming him from the inside out. Knowledge and information are both good and necessary, but it's vital that God's word and our relationship with Jesus should be our primary port of call for revelation and understanding. And I would urge you today, don't allow other sources of information 
become the place where the weight of your transformation takes place. Instead, meet with Jesus, be in relationship with him, abide with him and allow him to transform your life. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For this transformation to happen, we need to spend time with Jesus, abiding in him. Many of us, and I include myself in this, think nothing of spending an hour or, day, or more a day watching TV or scrolling through social media or watching the news or a whole range of similar things. Imagine the transformation that would take place if all of us spent even a fraction of that time with Jesus, reading his word, contemplating him, worshipping him, talking to him, asking the Holy Spirit, come fill us again, we're hungry for you. Imagine the transformation that would take place in our lives and in our communities, which brings me to my final point. Transformed lives transform the world around them. As we read earlier in the passage from Acts 4, the early church were radically transforming their communities, flowing from their encounter with Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being changed from the inside out. They were one in heart and mind. There was a unity between these believers that was centered on Jesus. We are told that they didn't view any of their possessions as their own, but gave to everyone as they had need so that there were no needy persons among them. Imagine that. They occasionally even sold land and houses to do this, demonstrating extraordinary generosity. God's grace was powerfully at work in them all. They made such sacrifices because they understood the sacrifice Jesus had made for them and knew how he had transformed their lives. What a testimony it was to the people around them. No wonder multitudes were being saved daily. The transformation that God had worked in their hearts manifested itself in true compassion for those in need and it was changing the world around them. God had given them his heart and we know from scripture and from the life of Jesus that God's heart is always for the lonely, the lost, the broken. It says in James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts is as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. One of the wonderful things to come from what has been a very tough season during lockdown has been the rapid expansion of our compassion ministries. Many of you will have seen that our cafe has been used as a storage and production centre for food and essentials parcels. We've also been supplying baby bags with nappies, food and other key items to support young families in Hull. In addition, this season has allowed us to get our grow baby up and running much more quickly than we'd anticipated. In a time when much of the news we hear tends to be negative, one of the positive things to come from the COVID restrictions has been an ability to narrow our focus as a church as to what we can do in this season rather than what we can't. And although we've missed not being able to have our usual Sunday and midweek gatherings, what some might call doing church, 
Perhaps now more than ever, we are being the church, reaching out to those most in need in our community. This is changing lives in our city. For confidentiality reasons, I can't share all of the personal stories of those we've helped. But let me give you a few common scenarios we frequently hear about where we've been able to make a difference through our compassion ministries. We've been able to help people who haven't been able to work or those who've lost their jobs and so have suddenly lost their income during lockdown. We've been able to support people who've been unable to renew their visas and so have found themselves unable to work and unable to apply for any help too. We've been able to support those who are homeless or have very little and haven't been able to access soup kitchens they rely on for a good meal during this time due to them closing. And we've just begun to be, be able to support asylum seekers and refugees who have recently arrived in Hull, fleeing desperate situations in their own country, arriving here unable to speak English, with very little means and with a young family to feed. Our hope and prayer as our help goes out to these people is that their immediate physical needs would be met, but even more importantly, that they would encounter Jesus, the only one who can truly transform their lives. So this is my prayer. May we, like the early church in Acts, be transformed from encountering Jesus and be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. May we be transformed from the inside out as we grow in our relationship with him, remembering that this can often take time. And may we be a people whose transformed lives in turn transform the world around us.